0: The following message from Bible teacher and pastor, Jim Crabb, is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. Somebody asked me one time, who do you think the greatest preacher you've ever heard is? I said, well, let me think for a second. Okay, I got it. The, there's two of them, actually. Actually, there's three, but two pieces of them. The first, the first preacher I ever heard that ever told me the gospel were those two guys from Campus Crusade that were going door to door at Ohio State University. And they, and they knocked on the door at room 535 in Drackett Tower, north campus of Ohio State University, where there, there was a bunch of guys, and I was in, that was my room, and I was in there, and we were smoking weed. You never know when the good news is going to show up, and right in the middle of smoking that weed, I and, and everybody else kind of everybody was paranoid and stuff. But I it's, and they looked at me like, "This is your room. You got to answer the door. Is it the cops, the RA, or who is it?" And I and so I slightly opened the door, and the the rush of smoke, you know, was going out, and I. I'll never forget these guys. They were the first two preachers I ever heard in my life. They said, we're out here telling people uh, in, uh, in, this, uh, in this dormitory, we came today to tell, to tell you the good news. And in my heart, I thought, man, I need some good news. And so they, they began to share the gospel with me. In fact, it... They they took out a, a, a little scrap piece of paper, and we and we sat down on the floor. I told you a couple years ago when I was in, when TJ and Aaron lived in Columbus, we I wanted to go over to Ohio State because I wanted to try to go see my room. Right. And so we, how many know the pastor will color outside the lines a little bit, just nothing big. So, you know, you're not supposed to get into the dormitory. But we finagled a way to sneak in the dormitory. I thought, this is for God. We gotta do this, man. Uh, we're not gonna do anything bad in here. And but I, I'm serious. But I wanted to, and we snuck in, went up the elevator, went to the fifth floor, turned down the hallway, went down the, the down the hallway. To, to room five thirty five, and there it was, and and it was right outside that room. We they, we sat on the floor, and they and they drew the a picture of the four spiritual laws. You're over on this side, and you're lost in your sin. There's a great gulf that separates you, Jim, from. And then they wrote God's name over here. There was a separation between me and God, and they and they drew. And I'll never forget them. Writing these, this word in there, and they wrote the word sin in the middle. That's and what they were telling. See, they're preaching the gospel to me. That sin has separated you from God, and God can't get to you, and you can't get to God because of that sin. But God had a remedy. Huh? I've had people tell me you, you, can't get, you, you can't get saved if you're high. Man, the first time I heard the gospel I got saved and I, 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 I was high and the second time I heard the gospel I was high and that time I got saved. So that's a, that's a false doctrine, I'm telling you. Because God was bigger than, the, than that marijuana that I was smoking. And he, and in the middle of me smoking it, he sent and these preachers into my life. Right. And they and they said, but God has a remedy. And I'll never forget this. I think about it all the time. And where and so what they did was in the over over the word sin, they drew they drew the vertical piece of the cross. And then the the the, the horizontal piece they made sure that part of this side of the horizontal piece of the cross, that it, that it was touching. They, they drew a little picture of me here, a little stick man. And they made sure it was touching me. And then they, as, it, as it went across to the other side, across that gulf, they made sure that this side of the cross was touching God. And now they said, now Jim, there's an answer so that you over here, separated from God so that you can go across. Jesus took care of that problem that was in the middle of that sin and now you can get to God and God can easily get to you. And if you'll put your faith in Christ. I, and you know, the, the saddest part of that day is I never got those guys' names. So I can't tell you who I think the greatest preachers are, but I, it's those two guys wherever they are today, they're, because they're the first ones that brought me the gospel. And then my second favorite person that brought me the gospel was my drug dealer that brought me the, that brought the, the, uh, brought me the gospel because he'd gotten saved. And, and to me, they're the greatest preachers I ever heard because God used them to impact my life. I want you to know today that the gospel is real and it's powerful and it'll change your life today. It'll revolutionize you. It'll take you from what you used to be and make you what you always dreamed that you wanted to be. And Christ can do it for you. Somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah 7. We're going to look at just a few verses today. Praise his holy name. Yeah. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 1. Now you got you to kind of pay attention because there's a lot of odd names here. And so pay attention with me just for a minute. Um, Isaiah 7, 1. And it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, the king of Judah, that Rezin, the king of Syria and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, the king of Israel, went up toward Jerusalem to war against it, but they could not prevail against it. So, what what that just said was he he named these two leaders, right, that were of from different of different countries, and they they joined forces to come against Jerusalem to come against the Jews, to come against Abraham's seed. All right. and, and I love this right here. This is not the, the really the guts of the message today, but they, they went to war against Jerusalem. Look at that. Look at that last part of that verse right there. But look at that. what that says. But they could not. It didn't say they didn't want to. It said they could not. They could not prevail against it. I got a word for you today that the devil has declared war on us and he's come against. We are the seed of Almighty God. We are in Christ. We are Abraham's seed. We are heirs according to the promise. We are the beloved. We are the one that he died for. We are the bride that he came to marry. Hallelujah. We are defended by Almighty God. He is our head. He is our king. He, we have cast our crown at His feet. He is our helper. Come on. He has engraved us on the palm of His hand. Amen. He said, Can I, could I forget about good old Pastor Crabb and the saints at Imago Day?" Why, my God, that'd be... I, I'm better than a nursing mother who would never forget her child that, she was nur- that she'd born and was nursing. And so I'm not going to forget about him. I got a word for us today. All hell is, is trying to prevail against us today. But it will not prevail against you. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care, how, I don't care if it's terminal. I don't care. I don't care how many armies they are that are coming against you. You know, sometimes in the Bible, the Lord would, if if there was if there was too many people on Israel's side, the Lord say would say, "We need to change this here." Oh Lord, you're going to send more? No, I'm going to send a bunch away. I'm going to. I'm going to thin out this this group. Huh? And the reason I'm going to thin it out is because I want you to know that it's not by might nor by power that we accomplish what we accomplish. Because if if we... You remember David got in trouble one time because he numbered the people? What that means is he started counting heads when he saw the enemy and thought, well, if I've got all this... Then uh, it'll be okay. Hey, David, it doesn't matter how many you got with you because God is with you. The Lord is on my side. I will not be afraid what man can do to me. And so the Lord would thin them out. Then he'd say, Now, now go. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Don't go with weapons. That's what he told Gideon that time, didn't he? You, you don't 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 take any weapons because then you know I know you don't have a lot of people left, but if you got weapons you know you if you if you win, if we win then then you could take some of the credit for that. Here's what I want you to do just take these these pictures, these little vases type thing and light light them and then almost like a torch type thing and then when I tell you to, I want you to scream real loud, yell real loud, and start running right at the enemy. All right. Now, don't you know the enemy thought, what in the world is going on here? Don't these people know we've got them outnumbered by thousands and tens of thousands, and they got a handful of people? And... And now we look and we, they don't even have any weapons. And they—they—and they're, they're acting like they just won the war. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. We did already. We already won the war before we did anything, man. That's what the song said that Preston taught us today. And they ran, started running at the enemy, and they threw those things on the ground and fire shot everywhere, and the victory was wrought in the camp. I want you, I'm telling you, you got to get a hold of that verse. They wanted to destroy Jerusalem, but they could not prevail against it. Somebody said one time, Pastor, how long am I going to have to fight? Man, you're going to be fighting devils on the way up and out of here when the Lord comes back to get us. Until then, we're going to fight. But as long as I know, they aren't going to prevail against me. It's not going to get me because God's going to stand for me. Say, it cannot, it will not prevail against me. Nothing. Nothing is going to prevail against me. Huh? And it was told the house of David, saying that Syria is confederate with Ephraim. So David, the king, got told that these two kings and armies had joined forces and they were coming against us. Now here's, listen to this now. And his heart was moved. The the Hebrew there says his heart was shaken. And the heart of his people, as the trees of the wood are moved with the wind. So his heart, when he heard the news, these two big armies have joined forces against us. And these two kings have declared they're going to destroy Jerusalem. That David, when he heard that, his heart got shaken. And then the people's heart, if the king's heart's going to be shaken... Amen. Can, you can tell it when a leader, when a leader know, feels like uh, man, he's he's freaked out that he that he's go, not going to win. I've seen it. I've seen it playing ball for all my life. I can see defeat in somebody's eyes when they get when they're getting ready to give up. They get fear. They get shaken. Huh? And so, I, I want to tell you today that no matter how many armies are coming against you, you need to remember what it said in verse 1. They will not prevail against me. They cannot prevail against me. And number two, I am not going to allow my heart to be shaken and moved like the, you know when the wind blows. When the wind blows, the tree doesn't have any option. The, the tree's... The branches and leaves of the tree are moved with the wind, but not the but our our hearts aren't like that tree. The wind's been blowing since you got saved, but I want you to know you don't have to be moved by it. You can't be shaken. You got to be unshakable. That's a New Testament word. We got to be unmovable. That's a New Testament word. You've got to stay unshakable, not just because you're great and wonderful and strong. No, because we're weak. But even when we are weak, if we have the Lord, we're strong for the glory of God. It is not going to prevail against us. And I have made up my mind, I will not let my heart be moved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at somebody next to you and shout at them, don't let your heart be moved. Don't ever let it get you. Look here now. So David's, but David's heart was moved. And Israel, you know, his his army, the people, their heart was moved. Then said, verse 3, said the Lord to Isaiah, Somebody said, "What's this got to do with Christmas?" Just hang with me a second. This—I'm I'm going to tell you—this is this is the, this is where the Christmas story started right here. Then said the Lord to Isaiah, "Go forth now to meet Ahaz, you and Shear-Jashub, thy son." <laughs> so he told him. The Lord said that. Uh, to Isaiah, go forth and meet Ahaz, you and Shir Jashabub, Jashabub, thy son, or TJ's son, no, at the end of the conduit of the upper pool in the highway of the Fuller's field. And say to him, Take heed and be quiet. That doesn't mean shut up, that means be calm. Take heed and be quiet. Fear not. Neither be faint hearted That's what what he's trying to tell him. Because their hearts were moving like the wind, like the wind blowing the trees. They were shaken because of their circumstances that they were in. And the Lord said, you tell him to be quiet, calm down. Look at your neighbor and say, calm down. Calm down. Calm down, fear not, neither be fainthearted. For the two, Look how he said this. For the two tails of these smoking firebrands. That's those, the, the two kings or the two armies. The, the two tails of these smoking firebrands for the fierce anger of Rezin with Syria and the son of Ramalia. In other words, don't be afraid of these guys. Because Syria and Ephraim, the son of Remaliah, have taken evil counsel against you, saying, let us go against Judah. In other words, David and his, you know, his, uh, who he was the king of. And let's vex it. Let's, let's aggravate it. Let's, let's just, you know, the devil knows he's not going to get us to quit over anything. But what he's trying to do now, I am totally convinced. He's just going to try to aggravate us into quitting. He he can't hurt us. He can't do anything about it. But all he's done, he just aggravates us. He'll aggravate you with some of your relatives. They're here today. Don't look at them right now. You can just stare at me. Huh? Huh? He'll use relatives. How many have ever had in the past a relative aggravate you? Hmm? Yeah. Mm hmm. I love my relatives, but some of them have aggravated me. Hmm. He said, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. Dude, are you pointing at me? This is my sister. Are you inferring that I would aggravate anybody? Let me have a couple ushers and haul her out of here. My, my, my. <laughs> Sandra wanted to say, Yes, I have a relative that aggravates me. He's 5'8 and 3 quarters and bald. Hallelujah. I didn't know she was related to Terry Duncan. (laughs) Huh? (laughs) Amen. Let us, verse 6, let's go against Judah and vex it. That's what relatives do. That's what circumstances do. That's what bosses do. That's what people do. They just aggravate us. They they can't break us, but they can they can vex us. They can just poke us. Hmm? And let us make a breach. That's what the devil's goal is. Let's make a breach therein for us. In other words, if we keep aggravating them, there'll be a breach and there'll be a place that we can run in and we'll, and we will be able to overcome them. And then said, said a king in the midst uh, of it, even the son of Tabil. Thus saith the Lord. Huh! That's what the devil said. This is what we're gonna do. That's what those two armies said. But thus how many know God's already got the last word on it? Ha ha ha. Huh? saith the Lord God, it will not stand. Whatever the schemes against you, it will not stand. It will not stand. It will not stand. And neither will it come to pass. All those things the devil trying to tell you is going to happen to you when all this hell is breaking loose and coming upon you. The Lord said, Don't be like those trees that are moved when the wind blows. Don't let your heart get like that. It won't stand to that which is trying to come against you. Shout out loud, it won't stand. It isn't going to stand. And neither shall it come to pass. Christmas story's coming. It's got to do with this. For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is Resin, And within three score and five, that's 65 years, Ephraim will be broken, and it won't even be a people. You know what he just said there? Don't worry about this, because it's not going to come to pass what they're threatening you with. And second of all, I want you to know that in, in 65 years, these are... These armies of these people, they won't even exist any longer because I'm going to break them apart. Huh. You ought to tell your enemies. Tell them in just a few years, God's going to break you apart. He's going to tear you apart limb from limb. Amen. He's going to beat you. He's going to destroy your works. That's what He did with the devil. For this purpose, the Son of God was born into the world that He might destroy him that had the power of death. In the middle of all the threats about what the devil's going to do, God had a word about it. No, there's coming somebody that's going to break you apart. Now, verse 9. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Ramalia's son. But look at this now. But if you will not believe, surely you will not ever be established. The, the key ingredient to all this and making this work, to, for you always winning, you being an overcomer, no matter what the odds, doesn't matter. You know what the key is? You've got to believe. You've got to believe what God said. You've got to believe what, what the prophet Isaiah said. It won't come to pass. It's not going to be established. It'll never happen. It's not coming to pass. What the devil says, he's a liar. It's not coming to pass. It's not going to happen. No, 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 no. But if, what we got to do, our job in this is to believe. You gotta believe what the prophet said. Believe what the word said. If you will not believe, you surely you will not be established. Now, here it gets fun. Christmas story, all that leads up to the Christmas story. Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, and he said, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. Now, listen. You know, Jesus said, an evil and an adulterous generation seek after a sign. So, at large, in the kingdom of God, sign-seeking is not what we live by. People have made the dumbest decisions I've ever seen based on what they when they ask for a sign Lord if you want me to marry so and so that sits on the other side of the church have them stand up during worship and raise one hand and when it's up scratch their head (laughs) the devil will make that weirdo that sits on the other side he'll make his his head itchy we're we're not led by signs, we're led by the Holy Spirit, isn't that right? But in this case, God is trying to establish something, and so He went to the to Ahaz and He said, because He's trying to help him believe, and He said He said, ask me for a sign, and you know what the Hebrew says there, He it says. You can ask anything. Anything from the depths all the way up to the heavens. Look at the verse before that, verse 11. Ask thee a sign of the Lord. Ask it either in the depth or the height above. In other words, anything in between from the depths of the earth all the way up to the height of anything. Ask me, just ask me for something. Ask me to do something and show you something. Yeah. Doesn't matter what it is. So, you know, I, I guess they, let's say they had cattle during this, this thing. Lord, he could have said, I want, if this is you, Lord, here's the sign I want. Because the Lord told him to do this. You, I want all, all the cattle in a 25 mile radius, I want them all to turn pink. They could have. That's what he's telling them. Anything goes. I don't care what you ask. Because I can do anything, the Lord said. Amen. Huh? So he said, ah, just go ahead and ask me something. Anything. And look at the next verse. But Ahaz said, he's, doesn't he sound religious? Well, I will not ask. Neither will I tempt the Lord. Wait a minute. The Lord just told you to do this. He said, ask for a sign. Amen? Now watch this. Christmas story coming. Verse 11, ask for a sign. Ask me in the depth of the height above. Ahaz said, I won't ask. Neither will I tempt the Lord. And he said, hear ye now, house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary men But the Lord's asking you something today. Are you going to weary me like this? I told you to ask me for something. And now I'm trying to get you to believe. I've already told you what's going to happen. Your heart keeps being moved. And you're not being established because you won't believe me. So I'm trying to help you. So ask me for a sign. You refused to ask me for a sign. And then God said, it's one thing for you to weary each other, but I'll tell you the truth, you are getting on my last nerve up here. Because I can't get the church to believe what I said in my word. I've sent you a prophet. I've done this on all these things I've done for you, and you're still struggling to believe. The Lord said... Here's what he said. You're starting to weary me. I don't, I don't want him to ever say to me, Pastor, I'm a long-suffering God, but you're, you're wearying me because you refuse to believe what I told you is going to happen. Huh? Will you weary God also? There. Now here we go. Christmas story. Look here. You come to this church you got the Christmas story. you got a Christmas tree. You've got Sister Sarah ran points, and poinsettias. You get it all at this church. Don't tell me you don't get that. <laughs> and you get the Christmas story. Here's what he said. Ask me, ask thee a sign of the Lord God. So, so you, they did that. He's, he's struggling with it. Verse 14. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. All right? If you're not going to pick it, the Lord said, I'll pick it. Amen. He said, I'm getting tired of dealing with you guys. You won't even play this game here. Play with me. And so the Lord said, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Here... Now, Of all the signs, what was it? Behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, think about this. Where the virgin birth first came into play in the scriptures... Is when God is working with people that are struggling to believe the, the Word of the Lord, the, the good blessing of God. It, may, it won't prevail against you. I'm going to take care of you. They aren't going to beat you. Nothing's going to happen to you. And where the, the purpose of the Word... Ver- now see, this will give new meaning to Christmas. The purpose of the virgin birth is to be a sign. Now you know where I come from. Virgins do not conceive. All right? Taking it further. Virgins can't conceive. But I love what God did. This is better than pink cows. This is a virgin, and the, the, the word virgin, by its very meaning, means someone that hasn't had intercourse with a man to put his seed in there so here's what i'm going to do i'm going to blow your mind you wouldn't come up with a sign, so i 'm coming up with one. How you like this one that 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 little virgin named Mary, that little innocent girl from nowheresville. I know where she is, and a virgin is going to conceive in other words that the the purpose of the virgin birth is to be a sign of the power of God to the church that the devil will not prevail against us because God's given us a sign. I don't know about you, but we, you, you know, I've sat—I—I've been in, how many have been in a Christmas play or two? Huh? I was one, I think, let's see what was. I was one of the wise men Somebody was really living by faith back then when I was in fifth grade. And I was one of the wise men. And the night we had a, we had a program at school and we were going to do, do you know, present the whole play. And uh, so that afternoon, there was a whole lot of snow and I went sled riding. I went sled riding at the, what was then called the Forest Park Pool. And the, and the hill went down this hill... And it was full of kids on sleds and all that kind of stuff. And, 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 but one time I was going down the hill and this kid next to me was, was, was going down and we were like boys would do, you know, we were jostling each other, trying to knock them off their sled and having fun. Well, I wasn't paying attention, but at the bottom of the hill, down a little bit, you'd slide forward, was a fence, this tall Fence with these big metal poles, hold, you know, that held it up. And so, I'm I'm messing with that kid. We're shooting down that hill, and I ter- th- Here's my Christmas story experience. And I and I was messing with him, uh, all, and I could I didn't I I forgot what I was think, doing here. And just as I quit messing with him and I turned ahead, my my nose, bam. I slammed right into one of those metal poles. And I thought, ha, the wise man has not not been so wise, man. My face swelled up. My mother couldn't believe it. My mother was going to show off little Jimmy and all. He was one of the wise men. Now his nose is bigger than his head. The Christmas story is about God creating a sign and a wonder. And the wonder is that a virgin that can't... This this can't happen. It can't happen. It doesn't happen. It's an impossibility. It's not going to happen. But when God wants a sign That we are, you know what Christmas is about? It's a sign to us that we have something that we can confidently trust in. I believe when I think about Mary and the virgin birth, it's more than a way in a manger. Huh? It's more than that. It's about God rescuing me and rescuing you from our sin and from the damnation that the devil's trying to put on our life and no matter what the odds are no matter how bad the odds are no matter how many have left you if the Lord is on our side why, why sh- should we ever be afraid? See he's, he's starting at, he, this whole virgin thing is going back to the first couple verses there when it says, and David's heart was moved. Mm. What Christmas is about is you having an unshakable heart. God created a sign. A virgin will conceive. And we're going to call his name Emmanuel God is with us. Somebody shout glory. Yay! Woo! Let's stand up real quick. We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Amago Day, please visit our website at ImagoDayCinsi.com. I M A G O D E I C-I-N-C-Y.com.